In this episode, Charlie Crabtree will go to war against Cobra Kai Season 3, and I will attempt to take away his ability to wage it. Heights! Pop Talk and Aliens, the William Clear Podcast. She's right, and I was right prior to her. This is William Clear, this is Pop Talk and Aliens, and it is a podcast. That is Charlie Crabtree, and he will... Uh, wage war against Cobra Kai, and I will try to take away his ability to wage it. Even though he's wearing the outfit that suggests that he would be the guy defending it, and I'm wearing the outfit of an idiot. Nevertheless, <laughs> let's see what happens. Charlie, welcome um, to the podcast once again. Hey, buddy. Always Hi. great to have you. Glad that we're able to discuss Cobra Kai 3, number one on Netflix. Uh, astounding reviews. Only one bad review on Rotten Tomatoes. That's from Rolling Stone, and of course, written by you yourself. Um, so I don't know how many people are you farming that out to because nobody else is picking it up. Nobody's fucking tweeting it or anything. It's just sitting there on Rotten Tomatoes. Nobody's reading it. Um, it got good reviews. <laughs> really? I thought I'd come out swinging this time. <laughs> good. Go ahead. No, that's, all, that's all I got. I, 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 my understanding is that you did not care too much for, for Cobra Kai 3, and uh, I did. So let's see where that takes us in this particular pop talking aliens adventure like i think you're you're selling this as a bit of a war too much like i i love cobra kai i love it i love that it exists i'm going to watch every season until they're done making them probably unless they keep going in the direction they're going but look i i, I would say i'm disappointed not that i hate it I, I don't like some of the choices they're making i think they're getting sloppy with writing and editing um there's just a few things that like are hard to overlook and it all kind of came to a head. You know me, I can suspend disbelief like a motherfucker. I've come on this show and give, given a positive review to every star Wars thing ever, even though, you know, whatever. So it's not like I'm out to pick a fight here, but uh, they're like, you know, they're jumping the shark and you're seeing this happen in real time. And it kind of bums me out. I'm disappointed because I love it, you know, same way you'd be disappointed in your child if, you know, he did something bad and, you know, you hope that you can, he can learn from it and make better decisions in the future. Um, it's not like, you know, you're ready to ship him off to military school. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you put it that way. I mean, it's, it's, it, look, I can tell, I'll give you my parallel to that. Uh, Stranger Things 3, I felt that way. I was trying to think just now of something that I that I felt that way about, like where it's like, I still like it, I'm still going to watch it, but I was disappointed that it, it seems to be going, you know, making bad decisions. And I thought that about Stranger Things 3. I was okay with it. I, I liked it to an extent, but there were a lot of choices in it that I talked about. I think we reviewed it. We did. We, re we reviewed it, I believe, together. And, you know, I talked about how it no longer looked like it took place. And it, it, it no longer looked like it was 80s. It just looked like it took place in the 80s. It got too slick, right? Yeah. It looked it like too much budget. It got too slick. Yeah, totally. Like a 2019 movie that takes place in the 80s. So I, I can think of maybe that that's maybe similar similar feeling that I, I had towards that, that you're having towards this show. I will, uh, I will tell you what I didn't like about it. We can start with that and then we can get into some things that 
certainly that I liked, and maybe some. Th- I know that you like some of it. It's impossible not to like there some. some there, no, no, there were some great, great moments, which is why I get so disappointed by it. Like one, there is like a real character arc happening, and it's completely getting like overshadowed by just a lot of horseshit. Um, there are some tiebacks to the original movies that they did really, really well and made it meaningful and really cool. It wasn't just for the the sake of nostalgia. Like they actually kind of pushed the plot forward with it. They did great at that kind of stuff. Is the fucking Teen Force 5000 fight fest all the fucking time that like at some point it's like, Jesus Christ, like just try to make it like almost realistic Allow me to suspend disbelief a little bit. I'll give it to you. But like this culminated in the uh, the assault at Fort LaRusso when like full-blown home invasion, throwing kids through windows, horrible karate for the most part, especially anytime Samantha's involved, where like some of the scenes, they should have just done slow motion, but just had the actors do it in real time that they were doing things. Um, man, it just like, it just it got that was the point where I'm like, this is too much. This is this is horseshit. It's it finally popped the bubble for me where I'm like, okay, I can't s- suspend disbelief anymore. So I, I had moments like that, but I would immediately snap back into just buying it. Like I would just be like, okay, I'm 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 in anyway, so this is fine. And and that home invasion thing was one of them because I was watching it with my son, sixteen. And so he, you know, he, he, even though he's 16, like he's way more into Johnny and Daniel and all that than he is into the kids. Although there's a lot of times where he'll say stuff like, that's just like my school. Like when Moon is doing all of her hippie stuff and talking about her sex is just an expression of her body or whatever. (laughs) Ryan goes, God, there's so many people like that at my school. (laughs) And, um, So, but I, when that home invasion thing happened, when they threw the Bert through the fucking window and they just come storming in. It's it's, it's funny, (laughs) but yeah, I was like, I was like, all right, dude, this is like just police stuff. Now this is just, this is just felonies stacked one upon the other. This is assault. This is home home invasion. Like you said, Uh, this is breaking and entering. This is trespassing. There are a, a variety of charges that would be filed and some serious time that would be done. And, But then it was like, in the midst of that, there was the hawk turn, right? Where he turned me, and it had kind of been building up through a few episodes. Like, even when he broke Dimitri's arm, which, by the way, he would have, the police would have been called for that. Also, spoiler alert, (laughs) clearly. Um, But, uh, so, you know, that already earlier in the show, he would have probably been arrested for. I don't think Dimitri would have just let him get away with it. Um. It's not like in jail, you know, when Robbie has a fight and they're like, I'm not a snitch. Like, yeah, Dimitri could snitch, dude. He broke his fucking arm in an arcade. But anyway. Oh, well, to be fair, if you want to play lawyer, those good guy kids ran to that mall to confront the, the Cobra Kai douches at that point. So, you know, self-defense. Who was in, who was in there first? The... the Cobra Kai shows up at that mall where the guy works, and then the guy's like, they're bugging me at my job. And they're like, yeah, let's go get them. And then Samantha and all her friends run down there to, you know, settle shit and end up 
getting beat up and arms broken. That's right. They did. They did enter first, I guess. So yeah. Well, you, in any event, there's there's felonies that happened in the, at the end of season two. You know, Tori got expelled and because she the fucking assault with a deadly weapon and she got expelled um hawk i don't even think maybe he got suspended uh dimitri did not get suspended even after he threw hawk into a fucking trophy case breaking school property and assaulting someone else so anyway so that goes on and on but as we're watching the 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 home invasion i'm i'm watching hawk's turn where he realizes that he's now side by side with all the bullies that used to call him fucking lip and throw him in the garbage can and everything and he has his turn and he's it's really good face acting you know like he's not saying anything but you just you can see him turning and and he goes and he decides to just fucking punch that guy. And I thought, I always think Hawks karate is good. Um, yeah, he's good. Yeah, he's he's like athletic. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's so one the, he's one of the few. I I got caught up in that emotion, and then when Samantha and and Tori were fighting, I got caught up in the emotion of her breaking the Miyagi sign. You know, and it's like, so yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I'm just I'm a cheap date, dude. You know, you know I mean, well, I. Since you mentioned that scene, like I was trying to get into it, but like Samantha's most selective case of PTSD in the history of the world, where like she can run into action and beat the shit out of people twice her size, these big dudes that she's beating up in the house. But then the girl shows up and she cowers or when she was the one that wanted to run to the arcade because that guy was getting harassed at work and she's ready to beat ass. But then all of a sudden that girl shows up and then like she can't even walk anymore. It's just like, oh my God, it's bad acting. It's bad writing. It's I don't see why it's bad writing though. She's just terrified of that girl. She even has a nightmare that that girl shows up at her house. She's terrified of her, of her, not of, of Cobra Kai, but of yeah, her. But you don't like, fine, but if like you're out like with the abilities to like beat up dudes twice your size, then all of a sudden, like, you're afraid that you might lose a little bit to this girl that kind of won against you one time. It wasn't like she totally dominated her. Whatever. She had brass knuckles or something or like the claw knuckles. I, it's just, come on, man. It was just well, annoying. And she's like, she wouldn't fight back. And like, just fucking do it. And then she remembers what her dad said the day before in the middle of it. Not before, but like in the middle of it. Only you can get back up. Well, he was telling her something that Mr. Miyagi told him. And that was right. weird. I mean, I, I agree. Like, yes, it's one of those like Rocky things where it's like, get up, kid, because Mickey loves you. And that's enough, you know. Yeah, but, but Rocky, but he said that to him in real time, didn't he? Oh, no, he was remembering that. He was remembering it. He, he, he was, was remembering because it was after he died. Yeah, yeah, he was. I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, he showed up for the fight. It wasn't like he was just standing in the ring getting the shit kicked out of him. Like, you know, he showed up for round one. He was I mean, losing, but he was yes. fighting back. He did have to actually get up because he was punched, not because he was cowering in the corner. Right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, I mean, I'm not, dude, I'm not a huge fan of all the teen Space Force 5000 stuff that goes on. I think what happens when I'm watching it is that that stuff happening is like fair enough to keep as long as it's keeping the thread of Johnny and Daniel and all of them going, then like that's what gets me through it. 
which is not to say that I don't like it, but it's like I'm I'm kind of like biding its time, being like, okay, th- this is cool. How does this affect them though? And then when it's back to them, that I'm like much more into it. I kind of just accept it, I guess. The the kids are supposed to be a vehicle that brings the main characters together, right? But then they become like the actual. They're they're taking too much space up, and then they keep adding more of them, and then it's like this gigantic ensemble cast. They just need to um, trim the fat. Well, I, I mean, think they need to start cutting down a little bit on all this side teen force five thousand shit, and they've got all the main characters back by the end of of the season, right? Like they're all back, so the other people could be side characters again. But that's when things always go like awry. Is like with the kid stuff is just getting more and more out of control. Well, I, I thought, you know, the first couple episodes I, I was very shaky on because it started with the worst acting I've ever seen, maybe in my whole life, which was the interviews with the people on the news when they were talking about the aftermath of the fight. And this woman's like, I'm afraid to take my kids to school. And then this other guy's like, I thought that karate died in the 80s. <laughs> What's all this? I was like, is, is this, this doesn't, I don't think this is supposed to be funny. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then they have this board, this school PTA meeting where everyone's just jumping up and shouting and pointing and like, you know, sit down, Arusa, you bum. And like, what, what is happening? Is this like what the show, and then I'm, I was thinking, but at that point, like this, maybe this jumped a shark. Maybe they don't have anywhere else to go. And then Johnny gets in that stupid fight. And like, there's another thing if you want to talk people getting arrested. Like Johnny's got a rap sheet that's a mile long and he gets arrested for fighting again. Like he's not just going to spend a couple hours in jail all the time. Right? I mean, I'm not sure exactly how it works. Well, but at one point, everything, they, like, everything happens at a weird pace. Like, um, People go to jail for breaking someone's back, but they're only there for like a weekend or like a week, maybe. Um, people learn karate to an exceptional, at an exceptional pace. You know, like when when Kreese decides that the thing that's missing from Cobra Kai is is natural athletes, so he just finds a bunch of dudes that are kind of athletic, and then a week later they're beating the fuck out of people. You know what I mean? Well, to be to be fair to that, there's two things. Well, and Hawk beats the crap out of that one guy, so I was glad that that happened. I was, I was going to say that the, the, all, not all those guys make it, and the one guy, the the Asian guy that bullied everybody, like he was a wrestler and stuff. So yeah, yeah, you know, he he did. I mean, he had he could fight in some way. We, but, we know from the the UFC that wrestling is that that will play for sure. Right. So I, but he, he's the only guy that I know, I mean, I can keep track, obviously, that, that I know that became like a major player in the new Cobra Kai. Um, I don't know which other kids were which, right? But um, this is not, I mean, this is, this is going to sound like a flimsy excuse, and it probably is. But if the show were 10 episodes that were an hour apiece, and they could really take their time to develop that stuff... It would probably be much more, uh, you know, it would not seem so like corner cutting because they do cut corners in writing. And I'll give you a, a, like a lot and I'll, I'll give you one of my examples in a second. But, yeah, they're, they're short episodes. So it's kind of like they just like, OK, look, this guy's a wrestler. He's good. At, he's good at karate. He's going to be a cover guy. This Fine. happens. And, it's, and the result is this. 
Okay, so like just take that because we're not going to waste a lot of time on it. One of those things, and this one like did bother me, like the way some of the stuff bothered you, was when he's in Okinawa and and he's hanging out with uh, the girl, and she says, "Oh, here's the girl that you rescued from the telephone." By by the way, same actress that played that little tiny girl. Uh, yeah, that's cool. That's uh, so obviously, it was the same actress that played. Uh, I forget her name. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to try and say it because I'll be, I'll be wrong. But his girlfriend from Okinawa, you know, that little girl just happens to be the fucking international sales director for that car company, right? I, I did notice that one too. Uh, that one I was like, oh, come on, dude. But again, it's like if you had an hour to set up a bunch of different things that led to that, sure. But I'll tell you something that I think is not lazy writing, Charlie. And that is that everyone had speculated that Daniel was going to go back to Japan to like clear his head because everything was going so wrong for him that he was, you know, I got to get back to my roots type of thing. And instead they wrote in a very logical reason that he would have to go to Japan, even though there was all this shit just burning at home, but like he had to go there because it was threatening his his business was in jeopardy. So it's like he had no choice. Because then, some students at a high school got into a fight and then like an international car company is going to not allow him to sell cars anymore. I mean, that was kind of. Yeah, I never, I know, I didn't really get that. That's what I was saying. Like those first few episodes, like when that happened too, I was like, his uh, name is tarnished because some kid threw a kid off a fucking thing. Like that, that, that's enough for people to be pulling contracts and like not going to his car dealership anymore because one, one of his students threw a, a kid off of, a, I, mean, I don't know, yeah. maybe, fuck, yeah. I don't know. But yeah, that seemed a little contrived also. Yeah. Yeah. Look what happens to me when I drink water. What? It's invisible water? Yeah, it becomes like I become invisible and so does it. The water becomes invisible along with me. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you the last thing I don't like, and then I've, I've, run, I've exhausted my list, and you can tell me more. Um, I don't like Robbie. I just don't like him. Every fucking time he shows up on the screen, I'm like, oh, God, what? how long is this scene? How long is this episode? Okay, they're probably going to give him five minutes. Okay, whatever. Like, at the end, when, when it was like they were going to have the final fight between ralph and daniel and and johnny and crease and all that's gonna happen and then there's fucking robbie to throw a goddamn fucking wrench into the whole thing because he's johnny's kid you know you can't just say get the fuck out of here you stupid punk stop ruining this you're ruining everything but he's johnny's kid so it's like you gotta have him there and right. they pull they pull in a that's one last thing i'm i'm gonna say negative is that after all that home invasion, Daniel, instead of calling the cops, I mean, maybe he did call the cops, but what he does, his house has been destroyed by this brawl. And what does he do? He comes running to the Cobra Kai dojo. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 that was the only choice that I actually liked. Really? Well, it was one of them. Yeah, like someone was like fucking with your kid all the time. Like, I'm not like, I don't need the cops. I'm gonna go fucking kill this guy. He was going to, and then his daughter shows up at times like, Dad, don't. <laughs> he had him in like the, like when he's going to do the chop. Like yeah. he's going to do in Karate Kid 2 and then honk. 
But like he had him in the chop, and like Johnny's like, yeah, he's like nodding, do it. <laughs> yeah, and he had, and he had, uh, I loved that uh, they they had chosen return from Karate Kid to and teach him like some offensive stuff. You know, because he hadn't learned everything from Miyagi. There was like offense that he hadn't that he hadn't taught him. And so Kreese says, like, you know, that defense only you can't do this defensive stuff all day. <laughs> it's like, I, see, you make fun of that even? Good thing I don't have to. <laughs> like, you know. It's great. I thought it was great. That was fine. It was I fine. thought Kreese throughout the entire show was great. To the point where he's a one-dimensional character. He doesn't yes. have to go anywhere or do anything. He just Which stays is good. at home where everything else swirls around him. It is good. But like, yeah, you were talking about um Robbie. Like at some point when a character will never listen to reason, never makes the right choice, always like turns his back on everyone who is like trying to reach out to him, you just stop caring about them. Yes. Like, like, all right, well, bad things happen to people who make stupid choices. So I don't really give a fuck what happens to you. You're an idiot. That sums it up for me. That is exactly it's like, all right, good. You wrote him into being an unredeemable character for now and i guess i'm sure they're going to bring him back although right now they have him on the anakin path which like almost felt like a ripoff of star wars there's a lot of star wars parallels in this uh, in the, in the in the season 3 that was yeah. definitely one of them the emperor you know he's got his his priest getting beat up on purpose so he would be forced to defend him you know right right like that come on the jedi order is trying to take over i can't take much more anakin right right exactly. <laughs> he's the traitor and then he's like throwing punches and all kinds of kicks at his dad and his dad's just stopping him and like finally he pushes him away and he hits his head and then like he gets up and he's like pissed at his dad for like stopping him he accidentally threw him into a wall i get it but like you were just like trying to take his head off yeah, no, I, I, I him, and then he's mad at that. And like, dude, get the fuck out of here! Come on. I, we, this is something that we that we can both disagree about not liking. <laughs> I, because I, I just, yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't like any of that. I, I wanted it to just be Crease and Johnny in the ultimate mono e mono, and then if Daniel comes in and they and they, you know, I was thinking Robbie was going to come out and jump in and save the day, or or you know, and then and then I'm like, well, that's not going to happen because then what? There'd be six, three people just beating the fuck out of this indestructible crease. Although I do, but I do like that he's a one dimensional villain in the sense that like there's so many shades of good and bad and everybody around the show that it's like you got one guy who's just a fucking bad guy. Just mustache twirling, fucking black hat wearing bad guy. Although they do humanize him a little back, bit. His backstory a little bit. They did. Yeah, they gave it a, a little bit with that. And by the way, just uh, you know, that actor who played him was fantastic. Yeah. And he looked like him. He really did a good job. Uh, you know, yeah. giving you a young, more innocent crease. And they did that whole misdirect there with the, you think he's the bully that walks into the diner, but it turns out he's not. He's the guy who gets knocked over. They do a lot of that stuff in the show where they point I'll, I'll you. I'll give you an example here. of everything is that is wrong with this show in from one scene, just from one scene. And it tells what is wrong with everything. It is the fucking fight over the viper pit where like, all right, there's maybe some stakes down there that if they fall, maybe they get impaled or there's some snakes and they're going to get bitten. 
like you kind of have a sense that like what's in that pit and they don't, purposely don't tell you. And when you see the guy hanging off the thing, there's like 20,000 snakes in there. Like they only needed to have like, you know, they could have put like 50 cobras in there. But there's like, they're not even all, I didn't even see any cobras in there. There were like pythons and shit like that. So like he gets his name Cobra Kai because, you know, he, he fought to death over a, a, a cobra pit. But then like they had to add like 10,000 snakes for some reason. Like they didn't need to do that. Make it more realistic by having a few less. Make it almost seem plausible, but nope, nope. We got to have ten thousand snakes. This is there's more snakes in this pit than the whole fucking jungle of Vietnam. Probably half of those snakes don't even exist in Vietnam. If you went back and actually had someone look, and and that like there in a nutshell is like the whole show. Like start paring down on some of the horse shit. There's a very good story that's happening. That character arc with Johnny is awesome. Even Daniel's, some of his self-discovery is pretty good. But, like, this is pretty much Johnny's show. Anytime he's on, I like it. I can suspend disbelief longer. Like, him trying to, like, um, nurse Miguel back to health is fucking hilarious. However, the fact that, like, you know, you can cure your broken back. A broken back, right? Like, it's not willpower. Like, there's just physical things that are happening. Did he break his back? By going to a concert and then like, oh, I couldn't light your foot on fire. That's not the right motivation. I can't make you do it for babes. Oh, rock and roll. And then he taps, he's tapping his foot. 1988 babes. 1988 babes. <laughs> world-class babes. But he had to mention that he mentioned that. Uh, no, no, it's better in print. Right. Uh, Nothing he said was wrong. But I'm just did, saying, like, even that where it was like ridiculous because you knew eventually he was going to be able to motivate him out of having a broken back which is fucking did he have a broken back though do they ever express i I, I guess he he was in a coma and couldn't walk because he had a broken heart like what (laughs) it wasn't like he just because he lost he lost his will you know because he got beat by the kick wasn't like he lost his will to walk it was like a physical thing it was but he had fall 30 feet onto a railing in the into the center of your back no but the, he had surgery to fix whatever it was I, I don't think that they ever said he had a broken back he might they might have but they they didn't they didn't say like you're not going to walk again and they just willed himself to walk they said we don't know if you're going to walk again there was a physical therapy guy there before Johnny, like right. trying to help him walk. So it wasn't out of the realm of possibility. And then Johnny just magically <laughs> made him walk out of the will to walk. I mean, there was some medical, there was a medical possibility that he was going to walk anyway. Just feels like, you know, go up to people in a wheelchair and be like, you're just not believing hard enough. Anyway, see you later. I don't, I don't, I don't think it was that they were made it that dramatic though. I mean, they, they did, but I don't think that it was ever that he had a broken back and was never going to walk again, except for the love, uh, you know, and the passion and Johnny and all that stuff. I think that there was a possibility, but that was just the, you know, his inspiration. Well, I guess so. it was also, it was, it was hilarious. It and was, it was, Fun, hilarious, it, yeah. 
lot lighting of people. Telling him that bullshit story about lighting a fire under someone's ass. <laughs> yeah, he looks down at his lighting him on fire for real. <laughs> it is really funny. I mean, look, whenever those two guys are on, I'm in. Yeah. Like when when John when they're making Johnny's Facebook profile. And he's like, well, I don't know if I can get greased, if you can grease me up right now. And Miguel's uh, like, I'm not going to grease you. <laughs> Never mind. Like, the dynamic, but I could watch those guys do 10 episodes just of their own. Yeah, for sure. Show. For sure. And, like, they could get in a fight like every other episode. <clears throat> you know, it would still be great. <laughs> right. <clears throat> well, I think they have to rely on, like, Mega Battle 5000 at, like, any time. Like, all right, now we got to ratchet. How are we going to outdo the last one? And then it's just going to get further and further where they need to go in the opposite direction. Well, I am I, I am actually worried, uh, sick about season four because Terry Silver is the last no. tease. And if he and shows up. Exactly where they don't need to go. And like they're, they're going head first. They're following the same mistakes that the, the Karate Kid franchise did already did where it's like a you know story about this mentor and this kid and how he overcomes you know bullies and it is believable and then the next one he's fighting to the death and then the next one some eccentric billionaire is out to ruin you know their lives and mike barnes oh jesus mike barnes is going to come back too bill yeah, but anyways, probably. like they, they, they're making the same mistakes. They got to make it more grandiose. It's got to be a, a fight to the death, a fight to the finish, a fight for your life. And they, have, but, but not fight. really, because they always have to settle at the tournament. They've already had a fight in destroying a high school. They've destroyed a man's home. But why don't we do this the old-fashioned way? the tournament which yeah. is as you said that's that is like that's what worries me about season four because that's like making the same mistake is that season three they're like well let's go back to having everything in the tournament but it's, it's like insane psychotic kid that is demanding that daniel enter the fucking tournament when meanwhile he's beating him up all the time like why do you need to go to a tournament and the same well, no, one punch you win like you get a point and it's only for three points so you really only get to punch the other person three times right and and, and, and there's, there's, rules. Punches. there's rules there's legalities it's in a confined space you can't like throw them through windows and shit what do you want that for i didn't like that i didn't like the ending that part of the ending but i when when they joined forces and they all come into, you know, Daniel's backyard. And it's finally like the two of them have teamed up. It's this, you know, everyone rumored, oh, they're going to team up, they team up. And then they tease that because they love doing the tease and then the pull away. So they tease that like they're, they're going to team up and they go to the chop shop, they beat everyone up and then they, they start fighting again. <laughs> but then at the, at the very end, because of Ali, and I want to make sure we talk about Ali and the, Okinawa stuff because I think that was undeniably good and because of like them sort of working through their alley stuff they finally joined forces honestly I would have been very happy if that was the last shot of the series if them two standing up there with all the kids and saying like all yeah, right get sure. going and that, that was it the end no more Cobra Kai that's that's the resolution of everything I would have been fine with that to hear hey Terry a long time 
when they're gonna go to an old-fashioned tournament. What do you say? Just had the kid fucking thing with tournaments. <laughs> I actually said that out loud when I was watching it. I'm right. a was billionaire. Like, do you know what I could do to these people if you really wanted to do something? It's a lot more than just beat them at a fucking tournament that they don't even want to be in. <laughs> When, when they've already been to the most violent criminal fights already, the old fa- it's not how is that the old fashioned way? Yeah, Today, I don't the old fashioned like, way would be let's fight above a pit of a thousand snakes. Yeah, that Charlie exactly, hates. exactly. What we're going to kidnap his family in the nighttime because you already know how to do home invasions. We're just going to. Break into their house. We're going to take the whole LaRusso family. We're going to put the girl on a pit, over a pit on a plank, and she's going to fight Mike Barnes. And and Daniel LaRusso is going to watch his daughter die. That's what we're going to do. No, I got one better for you. All Valley Tournament. The under karate school in the Valley from every strip mall from here to wherever is going to be there. And we're going to humiliate him in front of that. The under 18 All Valley <laughs> Karate what Tournament. Think, what do you think is worse? The thing I could do to you, Bill? Me and a bunch of my friends break into your house and beat <laughs> the fucking shit out of you and all your friends and, and destroy the house? Or I find a way to like coax you into a tournament where I beat you for three points? Well, I mean, you know, it just depends on if you want to do it the old fashioned way or not. <laughs> breaking into someone's house and beating the shit out of them is about as old-fashioned as it gets. I know. That's I, there's street fighting, and that's not the old-fashioned way. And also from John Kreese. To, right. to John Kreese, the old-fashioned way, of all people, is uh, the under-18 tournament. Yes. The man who lived learned karate through life or death, uh, Vietnam, situation the old-fashioned way to him is the strip mall karate <laughs> tournament well uh, also by the way that uh, guy who played his sergeant that he threw into the snake pit uh was not anthony michael hall people all over the place uh, people all over the place are saying it was anthony michael hall wasn't uh, i never thought that for a second me neither it never even occurred to me i saw something online about like a lot of people mistaking this actor for anthony michael hall i was like what but if, if you were listening or watching uh, mistook that guy for Anthony Michael Hall, I'm sorry to have to say that it was not Anthony Michael Hall. It's somebody else. Don't know his name. Just a, a character actor in Hollywood who played it. Well, look, I, I don't want to end this with me, like, shitting all over it. I, I, I still love it. All right, well, then let me, let me, let me, let me throw it's a couple. It's got a lot yeah. of heart. I like, I appreciate the things that they did. Going back to Okinawa was really cool. I like that whole trip. I love the whole Johnny arc is still great. And watching him become a real human being is hilarious and funny. Um, just, they, they can taper it down and make it more meaningful. Well, I mean, the first Who's season the cartoon? was that. The first yeah, season is very personal, very, you know. I know. That's why the first season's amazing. The first season's it's, great. It's exactly how I feel about Stranger Things. Exactly how I feel about it. Just like the first season was so 
basic and you had these kids in this unit and then and there was there was a bad guy and that was it you know there was all this shit going on with russians and stuff so i i get it i i just don't i don't know it didn't hit me that way it did not land it landed well with me and it, it didn't all those things that you're talking about like i can see them i can understand why you would feel that way about them uh i just i just don't but let's talk about elizabeth's shoes oh, because yeah. i have to tell you i thought they were going to do a Luke Skywalker Force Awakens thing and end it the way they ended season two with the she sent you a friend request. And I thought they were going to end season three with her fucking like showing up at the very end, like walking into a door. And I was like, I told Ryan, I was like, if they don't fucking come up with Allie pretty soon, like what episode is this? Is episode nine? There better be some fucking Allie pretty soon. And when they did the reveal to show her, I, I, I like cheered. I was so happy. And I thought that the way they introduced her and because they, they again like they teased everything that people talk about online like oh she's divorced and like oh let's go to golf and stuff and you know he's trying to order the fucking super bowl or whatever you know the, right. the bongo bowl with all the spice carrots and shit and she's like i don't know what that is i'll just have a cheeseburger and then it's like you know then he can open up to her and everything he realizes it's still just alley and he can be himself when he finally gets to apologize to her that was actually a moving like scene, Pam, I'm really sorry. She's like, no, listen, I'm really sorry. You know, like when he did that, whole, like yeah. maybe the, one of the best uh, points of, of all Cobra Kai in all three seasons, that exchange where he, he's definitely unburdened himself. I'm glad that you, I'm glad that we can agree on that because I thought that they did the ending thing so well with her. Like they, cause they could have easily brought her in to be the saint that just, you know, makes everything okay. And she does, in a way, make everything okay, but she, yeah. is, she is a character with depth. She has her own problems. She's going through divorce. She's trying to figure out who she is right? because she's been the complete opposite. Like, she's done everything by the book, like he says. And so every, she's also trying to rediscover herself. And so through all of that, there's, you know, they all kind of come to grips with, with everything Daniel does. And by the way, Daniel's wife, that actress, that character, hilarious. Yeah, she's great. She, no, never gets mentioned. Just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, good, good point. She's um, great. She's really fucking good. Uh, and uh, so, it, you know, and then when, when he, you think at golf and stuff, maybe they're going to get back together, you know. I'm watching it with, with Ryan and he's like, don't fucking get back. He can't get back together with her. He, he went, he just, he just slept with Carmen. He loves Carmen. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm all, yeah, but it's his first love, Ryan. Like you, you, you just can't help it. And then they didn't go that way, but they teased you about it. They didn't go that way. They had, they had the healing. And when also real quickly, what they did in that scene that I, that I loved that they did in the, when they're eating dinner, when uh, Elizabeth shoes, and the rest of them are all eating. They made sure that they let her have a speech where she undid all the bullshit. Yeah, 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 yeah. That they did to her in Karate Kid too, because they fucking they did her dirty at the end yeah. of in the beginning of Karate yeah. Kid too. Yeah, like oh, for a where, where's Ali, Daniel's son? Oh, she crashed the car and went married. Went off and got together with some guy from UCLA. What? And and uh, Elizabeth Shoes was pissed about that. By the way, I don't really think her name is that, but I'm never going to say it correctly. Um, 
Elizabeth Shue's told Ralph Macchio that she was like when back in the day, like after they made that movie, she was like, why did they do that? And he was like, I don't know. I just, you know, I don't, I didn't have any say in it. I'm just the kid that they say, put the fucking outfit on and get in front of the camera kid. Right. So, but they made sure to, to give her side of that story and have it be that she was like, dude, I told you the brakes were going to go out and no, I was not going out with that guy. But yeah, I egged you on because you were being a dick. Right. It's great. And then at the very end, when Johnny leaves and she goes back into the thing, she does a little alley hair flip. Right. And lean back from the door. It's like. Yeah. Perfect. The chef's kiss. Perfect. And then he, you can see his, the weight of the world dissolve in his face and his body acting. So good. Very good. So we that's can agree on saying, that. That's why I get frustrated with the show, Bill. It's not the bad karate that happens in slow motion, even though it's not supposed to be. Where like there's someone that's hyperactive and like super fast, and then poor Ralph Macchio trying to like block like at this speed from someone who can actually punch. It's like it's mannequin. Like I can look past all that kind of stuff, but the fact that like all that teen bullshit is going on way too loud when there's an actual real thing happening at the base of the show and it's getting overshadowed by that stuff. That's why I get frustrated with the show. I can understand that. I don't, it doesn't bother me that much. Like I, I don't care that there's too many snakes in the pit and stuff like that, but the, the rest of the stuff to me is so strong that it carries me through other things like that, even though like, yeah, I do notice them at the time. And I, but I did also, I thought that his, his, uh, his little bit with Chosen from Karate Kid 2 was excellent. Uh, it was good to see. I think Daniel needed a mentor in this show because he's always trying to be like the, the, the uh, regurgitate things that Mr. Miyagi has said. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, but it's always kind of cheesy coming from him. But then it's like when he to have him having to be taught by someone again was good to see. And uh yeah, and he was like a way bigger bad than Johnny was. Like he he wanted to fight him to the death. Oh yeah. Kill him. And the fact that that guy could come back and actually teach him and he actually knew like a whole side of the the Miyagi thing that Daniel had no idea about. Daniel walking around like he thinks he knows everything can actually learn something like it, it's it's good character development for him too. Well done. And when I and when she read him the letter from Mr. Miyagi, I was getting all choked up. There's yeah. There's yeah. Yeah, there's beautiful moments like that in there, which is why tone down the CW teens a little bit. Let's wrangle them in. Let's use a little bit of better editing for the karate fight scenes cuz like there'll be someone like kicking ass and doing cool stuff and next to them, you know, the little Russos. It's the little <laughs> Russos that are the problem. Let's just call it out. <laughs> They're horrible. Like, they're just not even close to believable. I, I guess, yeah. I mean, I don't, I, I can't disagree. There's, I, I always have, I always cringe when Ralph Macho was fighting, always. Well, because usually he's fighting next to Zabka, who can actually throw a real punch and throw a real kick. Like, he, but like you remember last season when he, he beat up those guys at the beach? Remember that? Like, I remember thinking that. I was just like, oh, and you can tell it's a stuntman half the time. I was just like, you know, you got to see Daniel fight because he's fucking Daniel LaRusso. But like, I don't know, figure out another way, dude. 
CG that shit or something. Just all his fights are in slow motion, <laughs> but just have him go in real time, and then it's pretty or, much slow motion anyway. Put a fucking cloak on him like Luke Skywalker, and then just have him go at it. All these like swinging arm blocks all the time. Like, have you ever been in a fight and tried to like block a punch doing this? You're gonna get destroyed. I, I've I, I've never had the opportunity to try and block a punch, but I do understand that it's extremely difficult. <laughs> That's what I've been told. <laughs> it usually involves like ducking or moving your head. It does not <laughs> sweeping your arm like it's gonna whatever. That's the cornerstone of so much movie karate, though, is blocking punches. Or like when she uses to learns to use the pole by like fishing, like casting a fishing pole. That's another thing where it's like you know. Oh, you it just could, came to me. I don't, I don't know. It was just there. That's talk about lazy writing. Like, oh. I, well, again, that's a, a, yeah. I mean, sure, you can you can call it that, and 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 not be wrong, probably. But I. To me, it's like you could make the show an hour and then have two episodes of her practicing that so that it makes more sense, or that you could just have her just, she just does it. You know? Well, it's, I mean, how many episodes are there? 10. So that's five hours. There's plenty of time to set the hooks in. I, I get it. Fine. Allow them to fast forward. It's a montage without there being a montage. I get right, it. right, exactly. It's sort of the you At least give me the montage then. I fucking love a good montage with some good 80s music. That's like especially in a karate kid, yeah. Girl. So if you're gonna have these guys learn everything super fast, montage it with a 80s sounding song only written for the movie, so it's extra cheesy. Do it the right way. I think that if you if if instead of me sitting here, it was one of the creators, John Hurwitz and those guys. They would probably be telling you that uh, it, like, they want you to think there's too many snakes in there. I mean, sure. I don't. I mean, I'm, which is, I'm not saying that that makes it okay to have too many snakes in there. I'm just saying I, I feel like there was sometimes like when the music was so amped up and so over the top, like when things were happening, I was like, they're just going, like deliberately going, completely over the top with some of this stuff. And then even like the, 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 you could tell they spent more money on the music. There was like a full orchestra, they're like fucking blaring French horns and shit going on some of the time. It's like, that's like a real orchestra, dude. That's, they're really like going for it all the time. And yeah, maybe that's good. That's too much for, for some people, but it's, it's, it is being, it's very popular. People like it. It's gotten a higher rating than the last season, which I thought was interesting. I thought sense. it would be lower rated. I thought it would be the lowest rated. I thought people would have more problems. Well, I mean, people are fucking starved for entertainment. So, and look, at this point, they're three seasons in. You have an emotional attachment to the show and the characters. And the way they did the backstory stuff and tied into the old movies was fucking amazing. They pulled off something very great there. It's just like that other noise. It it makes that more unforgivable when you're like, you're doing this one thing so well. Why are you letting the other side completely piss on it so what what would you give it on a on a one to ten give me all three seasons on a one to ten season one is like a nine or a ten dude it's fucking awesome i loved it like it, it they did it so well Two, take a step back take a point or two off three take two or three points off serious you're like at a six yeah and it could have been like a ten if they would have just 
stayed, you know, must not lose focus. It's like the number one thing that Miyagi tells Danielson, and they're losing focus. Very good. Well played. Well said. They're about to lose to fear, which is even worse in season four if they don't fucking write the ship. Uh, I don't want to opinion. lose to a point. It must not lose to fear. I think. Uh, I think after season four comes, we might be having this conversation, and both of us uh, talking sharks and jumping. Assault on Fort Larusso was a shark jumping moment. I think. I for me, it, it started to be, but then it it corrected itself with some of the things that happened in there. And again, you know, like I. I I'm more accepting than, than, I mean, you said, you know, you can suspend disbelief and you like the Star Wars movies and stuff. And that's why I like it, talking about this stuff with you. Um, because we can just like, like fucking relax to people that are, you know, getting crazy about this shit. Right. Um, but I mean, I, again, like, dude, if you, I'm, I'm not hard to please with this kind of stuff. You know, certain types of shows, I'm like, I, I can't deal with this. It's fake or, or whatever. But like with something like Cobra Kai, to me, it's just like it's just comfort food. And if you want to break into somebody's house, I'm probably going to have an issue with it until you show me Hawk turning his heart around. Uh, what about like the, what, I can't remember. What's the bad chick's name that Samantha's afraid of? Tori. Tori. So they spend like a whole episode trying to convince you that she's just got it hard and she's got a hard life and trying to make her redeemable, but then like immediately goes back to being a fucking ruthless bitch. Yeah, no, that's true. I didn't and understand. Like, well, what, then what was all the fucking episode about her backstory for? I, I, I agree with you, actually. On that. So they can save her later in five episodes or something? Or like they're set, oh, I don't even care. Like uh, everyone can't have like the redeeming arc. You can't end at the end with everyone holding hands and singing together and hugging. Stupid. Do you like the way though that they that they even though Kreese is a one dimensional villain, that they make they make a guy that's so much more of a sleaze bag, that you actually root for Kreese when he goes and the the fucking landlord, and he puts his finger in that cigar cutter, <laughs> yeah. and you're actually yeah. rooting for Kreese for like five minutes of the of the thing. Yeah, I'm just a neutral party, looking out for the welfare of a young lady. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. put his finger in a goddamn cigar cutter, which they yeah. make sure to show you in the prior scene. Like they show him like a close up of him like playing with that thing so you can see how fucking deadly it is. Well also like that that guy knows that he runs a karate studio and, and like there's been all kinds of shit happening in the news with this guy. You think he'd be somewhat aware of that, and then he just sends his two nephews just because they're big and you know, they think he's they're gonna scare him out of it, which is kind of hilarious. Oh, oh, the that oh that guy. I was talking about yeah, this. Like, Chris is like, I'm, I'm not. Oh, oh, the other one. I get it. Because no, there's about two sleazy the landlords in the in. <laughs> there's the, yeah, no, I, but then that other guy. The, uh, uh, yes, when when he when he's messing with his student. Yes, that's a very good one. Yeah. Uh, you are rooting for him for that, and then you can kind of see why, like they they kind of sold that, like why people would fall for his shtick, like when you have nobody else to turn to, at least that guy's there. And when he's in your corner, he will murder people for you. So there's something alluring to that. Right. To, to you know, people that don't have anything. But no, I'm talking about like when uh, the, the landlord comes in to kick him out and he's like, that ain't gonna happen. 
I'm not leaving. <laughs> he can just fight his way out of it. You're like, all right, well, good. I'm going to call the cops. They're going to come evict you. You have to leave. There's and never any... a legal thing. You'd be gone. You'd just be gone. But he can fight his way out of that somehow. Oh, I know. Next time someone comes to evict me from my house, I'll just beat them up, <laughs> threaten them, and then I can stay. <laughs> Be careful. Look, be careful when you go into this guy's house to evict him. Because if he beats you up, you have to keep him as a tenant. <laughs> well, what do I do? I don't know. You can hire like a, a UFC fighter and they'll show up and evict them and beat them up. But you know no other choices. If he if he home alones you and you trip right. all over the place and hit your head, he stays. Right. He stays. He stays. That's the rules. <laughs> That's the old-fashioned way. That's the old-fashioned way. That and under-18 karate tournaments. Um, okay. that, uh, God, that was There was one other thing. Oh, that's, yeah, the last thing I was going to say is that another thing I'll say, and I, I feel like I've been rather negative about the show because this has been that kind of a vibe to be funny and make fun of it a little bit and, and have a few laughs at its expense. But actually, this conversation has only made me want to just go watch it again. So what, me that's, too. What, me too. that's what's I wrong with me. Again. That's what's wrong with me. No. Like, it still has heart. I love that it exists. I appreciate what they're trying to do. Just stay the course. Stay focused. And don't lose the fear. Don't lose the fear. Do not lose. Don't lose. That's really good. You stay focused. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I, I just, I will say that in this, in the Karate Kid, in the Cobra Kai universe, the cops are kind of around. And nobody owns a gun. Well, thank God. <laughs> but like at some point, like they're in LA, they're in like Reseda and shit. Like so at some point, one of these kids is going to say, you know what, fuck this. I'm going to pack the next time I go to one of these goddamn parties. Or yeah, when they break into your house to, to destroy you and your friends and they're screaming no mercy. You can I can understand the face at that point. I can understand Daniel LaRusso not owning a gun, but Johnny's got a fucking Pete, this fucking Saturday night special or something lying around. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe also because he loves to, he thinks he, he can. Just, he tells Chris if he goes near his son, he's going to fucking kill him. See what happens. He's going to, I guess he's going to have to get through Terry Silver first. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, there we go on that. Charlie, uh, we didn't do a Mandalorian podcast or episode because there were 60 billion Mandalorian podcasts half when a goddamn thing live. They were doing it. I mean, there were, there were like it was like trending number one on, on, on YouTube and shit like when it was still on. I know. So yeah, look, that I, I almost feel like talking about it discredits it. It was the greatest thing that's happened on television ever. Hands down, it wins. Talk about someone who knows how to like do the nostalgia thing, but stay focused on the story and the things that you care about. Fucking Mandalorian is a beast. You don't like that. Like you don't like the Star Wars universe. It was never for you. Just shut the fuck up. Leave the conversation. Well, and amazing. Nobody has that. That's the amazing thing is that, and that's the reason I wanted to talk about it for a moment because we we had a whole show that that I I insisted that you do, 
And I don't even think he really wanted to, but I was like, you got to do this. We're going to have a funeral for the Star Wars franchise. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to play funeral music at the beginning. And I was all dour. And, and, and you kind of talked me out of it a little bit. And um, uh, it, it's, it's, it's been, there's two times that something has been resurrected. Jesus and then <laughs> this episode of the Mandalorian. <laughs> Not since, uh, if you believe Jesus, Jesus like this, <laughs> that's it. That's all you can refer to resurrections. If you're not, if you're an atheist, you can just refer to the resurrection as episode eight of season two of the Mandalorian, or you can refer to it as Jesus, whatever you like. Um, but I, even fucking Mark Hamill, Charlie, who you know has been a grumpy old man since Last Jedi about Star Wars. Has been tweeting. Oh, beautiful! That's beautiful. It's on my desk, looking at me while I talk. Oh, as well it should be. Um, even he has been tweeting out pictures. Thank you, hashtag Thank you, John and Dave. Or Sam, uh, like uh, the greatest gift is the gift you never knew you wanted so badly. Yeah, yeah, he tweeted that. that yeah. That and then continually, so and then he tweeted out a bunch of videos of people reacting and saying, look, I knew, you know, I knew people were going to like this, the, the big, the, the hardcore fans, but I had no idea that people well, do were you gonna crying the and stuff. Time, remember the last time we were talking about the Mandalorian, we were talking about how they were uh, bringing in these characters and you're afraid that they're going to steal the show and it's going to like clutter the whole conversation. Mm -hmm. And it's like, how can you go back to just the Mando? after like you've got Ahsoka Tano running around or uh, all, the th all the things are bringing back and like they need to find a way to balance this. And they're like, you know what? Fuck you. Not only are we going to do that, but I'll raise you a Luke Skywalker and we're, we're still going to make it fucking stick and you're still going to care about the Mandalorian and it's all going to fucking work out. They pulled off a fucking miracle. They are, they are miracle workers. I can't workers, believe dude. they did it. Well, and because like to to speak to what you're saying and, and and even like even you know raising talking about raising the stakes it's like we're gonna raise you the, the Luke Skywalker and we're gonna have Luke Skywalker standing in the fucking room after he's stolen the show and have the Mando and Baby Yoda have their fucking make you cry. They'll have a moment that makes you cry. I know. He's fucking I know. standing right there. I know. Luke Skywalker. Yeah, they're doing it all like they're like we're going to do it in the same fucking scene, even. Yep, I know. <laughs> I know. It's amazing. It's amazing. Oh I, I was watching the show with my wife, and like I'm having like the the fucking eight year old inside of me like screaming and smashing his head into the wall, and she's like ugly crying, like all at the same time. You know what I mean? Like they can <laughs> yeah. do that all from that ending. Uh, that was fucking amazing. Whatever happens to the show after, I don't care. At this point, I would take a bullet for Favreau or Filoni. Like, they can yeah. do no wrong in my book. What they've done is, like, amazing. It's, it does, like, it's so good that it makes me look back, and, and I hate doing this shit, but you start thinking, well, maybe the sequels, if they really were in the hands of, of someone like them, like, what really could have been? No, I've, I've you know, and I don't you. like to I don't like to prequel or sequel bash at all. But like when you see that, you're like, oh, fuck. If these guys did those movies like they would have been. Uh, this is what everyone's been waiting for. 
It's when you see something like that. I mean, I know I've had those same thoughts, dude, and I'm the same way. We we've talked about this, and and we're we, we're both on the same page about like, you know, just not jumping, not like not doing the whole playing the game of the fandom menace, and you know, we're gonna bash the sequels because it's cool too, and and all that shit. But yeah, I mean, I, I was thinking. Just yesterday, I was thinking, like, when I saw those Mark Hamill tweets and stuff, I was like, I wonder if Ryan Johnson has finally gotten to the point where he's thinking, maybe that just wasn't the way to go. Wasn't the right person for it. Like, it should have been Filoni all along, but he wasn't ready. I mean, I guess, like, even Lucas himself didn't really pull it off with the the prequels because that's what started everyone on the road of, you know, hating hating new star wars it it took like the next generation but the next generation that were so impacted and influenced by him but they could breathe some fresh air into it or something well it's 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 interesting that um you know the reason disney owns star wars is because george lucas was tired of being bashed about the prequels and now all these prequel kids that have grown up are like they worship George Lucas because those movies shaped their childhood. Right. And so they hate Disney Star Wars. So it's like, you know, it's, it's just weird. You almost compare it to Cobra Kai of this evolving fucking, you know, these, this rivalry thing that, that like perpetuates itself. Right. It's like if those kids, like back when we used to defend the prequels to 40 year olds, then or 35 year olds then, and they were everyone fucking. I mean, dude, if there was YouTube and Twitter and shit back then, it was more brutal than it is now like about the sequels. People talking about George Lucas, I wish I could kill him. He right, killed his right. children. I mean, it was awful, right. dude. Right. And, you know, you don't sell your life's passion, even for $4 billion, when you're already, you've already probably got $4 billion sitting in the bank just because you want the money he, he couldn't deal with it anymore but right. he clearly loves the mandalorian did you see the new making he's of on, yeah he's on set all the fucking time mm-hmm. so like he's obviously got some kind of say he's probably like co-directed full episodes that we don't even know about and he just doesn't want the attention for it or whatever um but like it finally feels like the torch is really being passed yeah, and like they're doing as good of a job as anyone could do with it, and, and at this point, better than he could. It finally makes sense that he handed it off after the the sequels, not prequels. Like you're thinking, ah, oh, maybe he should have hung on to this thing because it's good. It's got flash, and there's some sizzle to it, but maybe there's a little bit of something that's missing, and these guys found it. They. They just have to be in charge of Star Wars everything from here on out. Yeah, as long as they just have to. Do it's it. going to be impossible with all those new fucking shows coming out. But I think if yeah, but they can oversee certain things and they can check the scripts and make sure that they're good and then let them go shoot stuff and you know they can manage from high above. They don't have to be as hands on as they've been. Also, like the directors that they have working on it, they're they're repeating those directors. Yeah, They'll be able to spin things into bigger things. Um, Bryce Dallas Howard has like been amazing. She totally gets it. Like Filoni wasn't ready for live action, so it's great that Favreau was there. But like at some point, you know, Filoni can do this on his own. He's learning from the movie making side of John Favreau, who's fucking 
amazing. Well, he, but, but Favreau's got, I mean, but Filoni's got all the Star Wars knowledge, so he can incorporate and learn from Favreau. And he, he has so much already. I mean, that, he directed the fuck out of that Ahsoka show, that episode. Yes. Like, if you compare that That's to right. his directing last year, like, oh, my God. Other than the, um, the final episode, that was the best episode of the season. Agreed. Same. It was Same. great. Like, it, you see, like, the still shots and, like, the action sequences and them doing the samurai fighting, you know, on that bridge, you know. Uh, yeah. Oh, dude. You know, so good. Their whole approach of saying that they're not trying to copy Star Wars, they're, they're using the influences that influence Star Wars is such the right way to go because like, you know, and again, I don't, I don't want to get into the whole sequel bashing thing either, but like JJ just wanted to replicate what people like about Star Wars and Ryan Johnson decided that he was going to do whatever he thought is Star Wars in his opinion, I guess. And, and then JJ at the end, JJ, you know, and I always give say, I give JJ an A for effort on the rise of Skywalker all the time, dude. Because right. he was just—he was just trying to—he was literally trying to please everybody. And what else are you going to do at that point? If I was him, I would have made the same fucking movie, except with right. tons of force ghosts all the time. Right. <laughs> that would be the only difference. Uh, did you see the making of the Mandalorian special thing? Yeah. So good. The second one. Yeah. You, yeah. When they're talking about like. Him and John Favreau—they're just—they're—they're—they're they're, they're, they're like kids, and it's—I mean, you know—I'm not the first to say this, obviously, but they're, they're like kids playing with Star Wars toys. But they're like the kids that not only are they playing with Star Wars toys, but they know how to make multi-million-dollar, you know, movies. These John Favreau and Dave Filoni certainly understand, like, has learned from George Lucas for ten years, and they're sitting there, like, joking about whether or not. Boba, uh, the Mandalorian should say McClunky. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> like Dave Floney's like, see, you can't do it. When you say it out loud, you can't do it. You can't do it. Right. But Bit Fortune actually does say it when uh, when he sends someone off to kill Boba Fett when, when he's coming down the, the, the stairway, and he actually says McClunky. Right. It was pretty, you get away with an alien. You couldn't get away with it with Mando saying. Yeah, but like, um, the character, like the... The, the craziest detail that Filoni, when he's showing Boba Fett how he should hold the gun, so that feels like Boba Fett. Um, and you hear like stories of, of Lucas, like going through all, even the costume designs and like this works, this doesn't, being so meticulous with it. Just take someone who's willing to like micromanage it to that level and actually like gets it, understands it. It's a direct handoff from Lucas to Filoni where he can make it authentic that way. I mean, shit. Anyways, I, I don't even want to talk about it too much. It's, I don't, there's nothing to entertain from anyone. I don't think anyone has anything bad to say about it anyways, but you can kind of argue the prequels or the sequels with people. And I see your point, but really this, you can kind of have an argument. Whereas like the season of Mando is like, there's, there's no arguing. I'm not yeah. even willing to yeah. discuss it. You're just, you're just wrong. Yeah, and I think but I don't I, even think I, there's any noise, anyways, right? No, there isn't. I, I haven't seen any. There's nobody who it, it, there. There is. There is one 
one guy I saw on, on YouTube who always rips on Star Wars that was trying to say that it wasn't that great of an episode until Luke showed up. Yeah. And like he's but he's and he's one of like the, the famous bashers of Star Wars. And even him and his fucking religious zealots, like in the comments, they were like, dude, give me a break. You fucking loved that from the start. Don't, you know, I know that's your thing. These are his minions, you know. These are like the people that would, like, you know, would follow him into the fiery pit of a million snakes in right. uh, Cobra Kai. Right. Even they were calling bullshit. They were just like, don't do not do that, dude. You, stop. Stop it. Right. You'll lose all credibility. Yeah. Like you, you ha there's a point where you have to, you cannot claim that you're a Star Wars fan like there's a point, and you know, it's just like you said earlier. It's like if you don't like this, you're just not a Star Wars fan, right? I, I don't like to pull that you're not a Star Wars fan card because you can like it for a billion different reasons, and there's you can like certain movies or not like certain other movies. But like if you if you didn't like that last episode of Mando, please just leave, just leave. Yeah, yeah. I'd I rather argue with thing, someone though. who just hates Star Wars and like I hate yeah. all of it from beginning to end, every side thing. It's stupid. Fine. But yeah, from someone who's supposedly a Star Wars fan, no, unacceptable. Uh, I, I have to say one thing, just because I, I was going to say this when you're talking about Lucas. Um, like, I, I you know, I, he, there's two things that I know about him that he's done that have been like for sure that the directors have said. I don't know what he's done for Mandalorian, but like you said, like I, he clearly has like a whispering in the ear, if nothing else, to those two guys, right? Because, like, in Rogue One, you were talking about him, like, looking at all the costumes and everything. In Rogue One, when they were doing pre-production, Gareth Edwards brought him in to see what they were making and stuff. And there was a Stormtrooper helmet that George Lucas was like, oh, I really like that. And then, I think you already know the story, but then they, they like, put that, that helmet on, the, like, one of the tank-driving Stormtroopers so that you could see it the whole time. Because he was like, that George likes that helmet, like, we got to feature it. And then there's the story about, and Ron Howard told the story that when he was directing Solo, uh, when um, George Lucas came on the set, like one day, and he was sitting next to him, and there's a scene where Han Solo's coming on to Amelia Clark, and she's looking at capes, trying to pretend like she doesn't care and stuff. She's looking at Lando's capes, and he takes one, and, he, and he's going to hang it up. And George Lucas said to Ron Howard, he goes, Han wouldn't hang it up, he just throw it down. That's right. That's and then right. he does that in the movie. That's right. Ron Howard told yeah. him, like, just, just throw the cape on the ground. So, like, if George Lucas is willing to comment on capes and helmets, I'm sure he's willing to give a little whisper about uh, stuff that should maybe happen in The Mandalorian. I feel like, I feel like they're hiding it. Because, like, clearly, like, um, Filoni has got, like, looking for daddy's approval. I mean, he's on the set all the time. And there's no way that he isn't commenting on stuff. No, I mean, if he's willing to, again, like if he's willing to make a com comment about a cape, we, you know, it's like he can't help himself. Yeah, but I, I think maybe more in official capacity than they're letting on. Like, like a secret consultant. Like he's had to have given like plot lines and it's more than just, he would wear this, not this, this, not this. It's more. I think there's more to it than that. Maybe he's secretly like co-running some of this stuff. I, you but know, I hope. I actually hope that that's not true, only because because there's so many other shows, and and they are like you said, like handpicking people from this. Like Deborah Chow is going to do Obi Wan, so she's like groomed. 
on how to grooming it. Yeah. You know, so it's like if if George Lucas is like kind of really in on this one and then he's not going to be on those, then it's like it didn't get handed off. Yeah. Like doing it still. I'm hoping that he obviously has some some input into it. Obviously, you don't just go to the set all the time just to dick around. Right. You know. He's not just there to fucking have coffee and just watch people act all day. Right. Like he's, you know, so yeah, there's definitely something there for sure. To what degree we will never know, Charlie. Nice. Will you give your, uh, give your message to Cobra Kai writers one more time about focus and all that? I don't remember what it was other than, uh, oh, um, must stay focused, okay to lose to opponent, but not to fear. Yeah. 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 So just remember that. And also, uh, Zucker brothers, the Duffer brothers, the fucking guys from Stranger Things, you've already lost to fear and you've already lost to the opponent. So please regain your focus. Yeah, if the next season of Cobra Kai doesn't end with, okay, so you start with the school, then the home invasion, like they don't have to have like some super mega fight. To, and then like all the fans aren't going to go away if you don't keep one-upping yourself. Like stop, just, you know. The, the most dangerous thing, the most dangerous thing that sequels and shows do is try to one-up themselves. And that's when they lose people. The, it's right. And then the cast gets bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. And then there's too many side tangents. And eventually Fonzie has on water skis jumping over a shark. That's mm-hmm. how it happens. Yep. So like trust that you don't have to do that. It can just be like an intense, meaningful fight between two people. You don't need a whole school doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I, I think that's why the tournament, if it does lead up to a tournament, is a, is a good thing. And I think that, you know, you were talking about the fake karate. Probably the most realistic karate that's ever been in that show has been in the tournament. Because A, probably most of those kids are karate, you know, experts. Right. And, you know, it's like a structured karate format. So they're actually fighting like karate rather than we're going to do this one. Although I do, I love the one shot thing from the from season two when they're just doing that one camera shot around the whole school and never cuts but like most of that is not karate or it's just people kicking yeah (laughs) it's either just people throwing each other into lockers or kicking each other into lockers kind of yeah but in the tournament you know you're getting like it, it looks pretty legit at least to me in the first season, that tournament, like, well, yeah, I mean, that type of karate too. You're fighting for one punch, right? right. Defensive and like, and then you just get the one punch, and then you get a point. Yeah, but like in a street brawl, that you're gonna get yourself destroyed. You're gonna, you're gonna die. <laughs> trying to like kick people, right. you're gonna get your face punched off. Throwing people through glass. Well, that's a good w- move. Windows. It was yeah. funny. It's not a cat. The guy, it's a little kid. He's got thrown through a fucking window, and he says, "Have you ever seen when someone accidentally like breaks a window and their leg or arm gets caught in it? They're they're like a lot of stitches." Yes, I a kid through a window like that could have killed, like literally killed him. Yeah, I, I fucking stepped on glass one time with my bare feet, and it wasn't even a lot of glass. And like John McClane style? Yes. Running around screaming? No. Oh. 
<laughs> it was it was at my aunt's house when I was like, I don't know, 12 or something like that. And something had broken, some vase or some shit had broken like on the patio. And I was out there and like they didn't sweep up all the glass or whatever. So I stepped on some of it. And I looked like fucking John McClane sliding himself into that bathroom. Like it was, it was I was horrified. There's so much blood. Yeah. Just from stepping on a couple of shards yeah. of unswept grass, uh, glass. Yeah. Imagine getting thrown through a window. Yeah. And then making a fucking wisecrack. Yeah, right. It's not a cat. <laughs> I like. I like to think that if I got thrown through a window, that the, I I could manage a joke. You are one of the few people that could, for sure. <laughs> Hopefully, we'll never find out. Unless you throw me out a window for just talking too much about how much I love Cobra Kai three. It would make more sense if it was me who did it. If anyone's ever going to throw me out of a window, it would probably be you. And it wouldn't even necessarily be because you were so angry at me. It'd be like to prove a point or something. Because <laughs> I'd be like sitting on your couch, like t- like talking shit about like how I, if I threw it, got thrown out a window, I'd make a joke. And you eventually get to the point of not even being like so f- like enraged that you had to throw me out the window, but like, oh, let's see then. And you'd throw me out the window. <laughs> and I would do my damnedest to make a joke. I can only promise you that. I would do you my would, for sure. You would, you would for sure. I don't know if I'd pull it off, but I would. I'd try. Right. Yeah, okay. Well, and with that, Charlie, thank you for having the showdown with me. Oh, and how great is it them bowing their heads to each other, right? I loved it. I loved it. At the end, that's great. There you go. Now, don't start off season two with them breaking up and then not doing it together anymore. No, that's no more. Yeah, it's, like don't do it again. You've you've done the together apart, together apart. Like you can't, you can't use that as a plot device anymore. And it's been no. used up. Yes, they have they gone to the well. They cannot go to. There are a lot of things they, they can't go to the well with again, and that's definitely one of them. Yeah, you cannot. You cannot. The whole like we're friends. No, we're not. No, we're not. Yes, we are. No, we're not. Like he called Larus. He called him Daniel at the club. For the first time ever, Daniel. He He's called him Daniel, and then they they made you know they're they're training together. It's it'll be them versus Crease and Silver. We'll see how that we'll see how it goes. Plus, one other thing, you and I have saw season two when it first came out on fucking YouTube Extreme or whatever. Yep. And uh, <laughs> YouTube Red, and so we've been waiting for this fucking season three forever. Yeah, I know. Most people have, you know, the the vast majority of its popularity has come on now, like since Netflix, you know. And so these people, like, they just saw one and two. I signed up for YouTube Red just for this fucking show. Same. The first one I got a trial, season two, I had to actually fucking pay because they knew I already got a trial. I don't want any of these Netflix Johnny Come Lately's Johnny Come Lately giving me any shit about my opinion on this. That's right. Fuck you. Charlie and I wearing a karate outfit. I took karate for at least two years. And in the world of fucking Cobra Kai, that means I can destroy. Oh, oh, two years in that world. Two years? Oh my god. Grand fucking master (laughs) in the Cobra Kai universe. That's true. That's true. It's like Daniel, I can't kick over my waist anymore, but doesn't matter because I can (laughs) block like this and like this. Hey man, you know, in credit we're due, uh, uh, 
Ralph Macchio is like 63 years old. He He's the same age as uh, Pat Morita when he was doing the Karate Kid. And that motherfucker could sell knowing how to do a little bit of karate, my friend. That old fuck could sell it way better than LaRusso can. So I don't want to hear age as an excuse. All right. It's true. Is he really? God damn. God, he looks, it's, it's funny because you think about the fact that he was like in his 20s when he was playing the high school kid. Yeah. When he, you know. Right. But yeah, no, I mean, look, Charlie and I saw the original Star Wars movies in the theater. We saw Karate Kid in theater and we watched Karate, uh, the Cobra Kai on YouTube Extrema when it first right. came out. I've uh, been making fun of Daniel LaRusso like since, since the movies. Yeah. Like the whole world's coming down on my... <laughs> It's funny is that as bad as Karate Kid 3 is, it has some of our best sticks. Let me see if you can do it, Charlie. I'm going to do the first T, you know, for the, you know what I'm talking about? First he suffers thing. All right. First he suffers. Then he suffers some more. <laughs> do it again. All right. So Karate Kid 3. First he suffers. Then he suffers some more. <laughs> do it again. Do it again. Do it again. First, he suffers. Then he suffers some more. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't even get the line out. <laughs> Might be great for you, but it sucks for me. <laughs> You're shit, LaRusso. You're karate shit. You're karate shit, LaRusso. <laughs> See, I if these guys that make the show think that's funny in the way we do, or if they think it's funny in their own way, I, I think they think it's funny in the way we do, but part of them just is like, we're just going to do that anyway and hope that people uh, enjoy it for different reasons or if they just get it the way we get it. I feel like the whole world's coming down on me. Me? <laughs> Might be great for you, but it sucks for me. <laughs> everything and everything Terry Silver says in that movie, everything just is, is funny when it's not when it is well no it's always not supposed to be nice truck i want you to do this until your knuckles bleed make him hurt larusso get ready for a whole bunch of that and you know what that guy's gonna that guy hasn't been fucking working his acting chops since then i guarantee you that I, he might look like steven seagal Maybe they just have Steven Seagal play him. Well, they clearly wanted Steven Seagal to play him the first time. Yeah. Because right. they, they dressed him up like Steven Seagal. Like, they gave him the exact same ponytail, and then he's wearing the karate gi, like, in every scene, I think. Yeah. Doesn't he just walk around in a karate gi in the whole movie, or yeah, does he actually yeah. dress? Yeah, he goes to Olive Garden in a karate gi. <laughs> For some reason, I remember that he's in a bath. I know that he, this is not true, but in my mind's eye, I know that there is a scene where he's in a, a, a hot tub talking to Chris on the phone. In my mind's eye, though, he's also wearing a karate <laughs> When Chris first calls him, and he's just like waiting. In his he's karate. in a hot tub, too, though. He's just, oh, the karate is just in the hot tub. <laughs> Smoking a cigar and karate. Yeah. It'd be like if you walked out of your hot tub right now without just as you are. <laughs> with a cigar and a phone. I'm going to go grocery shopping. I'll be right back. <laughs> Holy shit. All right. Well, 
Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. I hope that you either enjoyed or didn't enjoy Karate Kid 3, whatever your personal preference is. Uh, as long as it uh, came from your heart, then that means that it belongs to you. And uh, I'm just kidding. I don't, whatever. I'm, I just hope you enjoyed the podcast. Let, let's get one for the road. <clears throat> First, he suffers. Then he suffers some more. Cue the hot chick, fucker. Pop Talk and Aliens, the William Clear Podcast.